Welcome to the Hearts Entwined podcast. In this podcast, we'll be having discussions around the secrets which attract lasting, healthy, fulfilling relationships, creating a healthy mindset, and what women should know and understand about men. Introducing your host, Lynn Smith, the Queen of Hearts, relationship expert, trainer, speaker, and best-selling author of The Cupid's Bow Technique. Lynn's mission is to have a positive impact in reducing divorce, domestic violence, and suicide. Welcome to the Hearts Entwined podcast. This is your host, Lynn Smith, the Queen of Hearts. And excitingly, I've got another adult content (laughs) warning for you on this particular podcast because we're going to be delving into uh, talking about sex and what turns us on and what turns men on. So just want to give you the heads up straight away and uh, introduce my special guest on this subject, Calandra Balfour. Welcome, Calandra. Thank you so much, Lynn. That's a lovely introduction. Thanks for having me on the podcast. You're very welcome. And Calandra is a therapeutic coach and a sex educator. So she's well-versed and very knowledgeable in this topic. And I thought what would be a great thing to discuss in today's episode would be, um, first of all, let's talk about what we think Um, women are attracted to in terms of men and then we'll go on to talk about what we think men are attracted to in terms of women if we're in opposite sex type relationships so Calandra what what do you think it is that we as women are attracted to about men? Oh my god where do we start I mean I think a topic like that can be so broad Um, you know the way that people uh, you know all of our needs are different you know, if we lay them out, if we try to box them. And I think uh, everybody is different. They have different drivers. So the things that they find attractive in other people will also be different. Um, But I think a communication and an openness and a willingness are definitely all key aspects of um, of attraction. Most definitely. And I think when it comes to, you know, when we're talking about what we as women find attractive about men, I think we're not so visual as men, are we? I think we, you know, um, go more with our feelings and how a man makes us feel more. Uh, you know, obviously looks and physical appearance have to play a part, but it's not, I don't think, as important for women as it is for men. Would you agree with that? Oh, I'm not sure I do, actually. I mean, there's been um, there's been quite a few studies to find that women are actually as visual, but maybe they've been told for so long that they're not visual, that they're almost unaware of it maybe, Um, that there is a visual stimulation going on there and it ends up with them being attracted and they, that's when they first acknowledge a feeling of attractiveness. Do you see, does that kind of make sense? Um, I think, you know, as I said, there've been loads and loads of studies of women watching porn that's often something that's brought up that that, you know the reason that men enjoy porn so much or are the majority consumers of pornography is that they are visual and women not so much but actually if you put men and women in front of porn they are equally attracted by the by the same amount of things so so I think such a broad thing as being visual is uh isn't quite true i mean i know that generally with attraction i mean i have a background in neuroscience so that's why all of this stuff really really fascinates me um you know generally 
we make up our minds of whether we're attracted to somebody within a couple of seconds of meeting somebody. And I think that's often before anyone's opened their mouth. I mean, whether that is all visual cues or hormonal or other senses um, as well going on, you know, we don't entirely know. It's quite a complex subject. Uh, yeah, I have to, you know, on the back of that explanation, I have to agree with what you've just said. I also feel that, um, you know, um, what energy we give off can either create or, you know, repel people, can't it? Oh, definitely, definitely. And I think it's that openness really makes a difference, you know, um, whether we're attracted to somebody or not, if, whether they are being open and receptive to us you know if somebody's giving off an energy of being closed that they don't want to know um for for most people that's a that's a sign right leave them alone <laughs> don't bother yeah. move on to the next one uh unless you know i know i know talking from my own personal experience when i was a lot younger some of that some of those signals of being closed was a red flag to most people but that would have been just an encouragement for my younger self you know it was forever pursuing the wrong person so um <clears throat> so I think also what we find attractive can vary on where we are in our lives as well most definitely I was, I was talking about this uh, recently on a video about you know whether your heart is open or whether it is closed and you know, we're not actually aware sometimes that our heart is closed. Uh, and quite often this comes on the back of, you know, being hurt or heartbroken or, or going through some sort of trauma in our past and uh, actually not realising and we're giving off that energy of our heart is closed, you know, I'm keeping your heart arm's length and I've got a suit of armour around me. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I think that that really filters through into all aspects of our life as well you know you might think I've been hurt I'm going to protect myself I'm going to I'm going to yeah like you said I love that analogy of having an armor up around you against against somebody uh, a potential partner but I think that filters through in relationships and friendships and the people that we meet in our day-to-day -day lives and interact with that feeling of go away I don't want to know um, which can you know kind of really affect yeah, even like work and career and things like that and just how easily life happens as well. You know, I have a client of mine who is very much in that protective state at the moment and they just find that at all aspects of their life is just difficult, you know, they just have everything that they do is a kind of conflict, you know, problems with neighbours and, you know, friendships not really going the way that they want as well as the difficulty of finding a partner and I think it's all it's all related but you must see that quite a lot with your clients as well yeah absolutely and um, they're quite surprised when we dig down and they realize that obviously they're playing a huge part in that in terms of their energy that they're giving off and the thoughts and uh, you know how they um, have not realized that the heart has been closed yeah yeah and you can um yeah, definitely. And I was going to say, sometimes that feels too like my client, you know, uh, her natural face is quite, um, quite angry. You know, there's like a frown there all of the time that only stops when she laughs as opposed to a kind of neutral face. Um, yeah. So even things like that are showing in, you know, leaving their mark in her, in her body, you know, in a way that she will now have no control over. 
Um, but yeah, so that so, awareness. Yeah, it's so important isn't it, to help people become aware of exactly what they're exuding and, and the part they're playing in, in what they're creating currently in their life in terms of whether they do have, uh, you know, that, that warm energy that's going to attract people or that cold keep away from me energy that's going to repel. Yeah. Um, but when, before we started this podcast, when you sent me a message discussing maybe some of the topics that you wanted to, uh, that you wanted to cover. And I was having a little think about what turns me on in my partner and the things which attract me to them. You know, I find thinking about these things to always start, start really from a personal experience mm. and then look at it in the wider kind of a coaching therapeutic um lens you know and I was thinking respect uh is a real massive thing for me you know I've got to respect my partner and um kind of be a bit in awe of them really you know to be quite inspiring and then I was thinking on whether I, I found it attractive that they did the right thing and sometimes I think that's the opposite I, I quite like the fact that my partner doesn't do the right thing sometimes and kind of has has the balls to to buck the trend and yeah and maybe a bit risque go, yeah a bit risque go down a slightly grittier path sometimes I think those things are very aligned into the way that I see myself um but what about you what do you find attractive in a partner what do you attract to you what, what attracts me, I think, is a man being very assertive, you know, confidently assertive in a, in, a, in, a, in a passionate way, you know, not obviously in an aggressive way. But, you know, if he's very assertive and I see him stick up for me in a situation whereby, um, you know, I, I, I was feeling vulnerable, I, I, that's so, so attractive to me. You know, that, that is like, wow, that's my man sticking up for me and, you know, showing this other person who might be attacking me. But, you know, he, he isn't going to stand for that. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Uh, so, you know, any 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 time he's, he's very assertive, even assertive in terms of um, wanting me, you know, in, a, in a, an amorous way, such as if he pulls me towards him in a, in a really assertive way and, and um, you know, Meow. against the wall, for example, <laughs> and snogs my face off. <laughs> I find that really attractive. <laughs> Oh, definitely. That well, that's just super hot, isn't it? That's great. <laughs> so, any any assertiveness around, you know, him showing his masculine assertiveness in a, in a healthy masculine way, you know, as I say, whether it's um, being protective of me and assertive to others, or whether it's you know within our intimate relationship that he's showing that assertiveness and he just goes here woman you know come here and uh, pulls me towards him or as I say pushes me against the wall it's just like wow <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> oh gosh god you got me thinking now <laughs> and but also what I find really attractive in my partner is um you know, I'm a very independent woman, very outgoing, and I value my freedom as, you know, the most important thing I have, you know, and, and uh, a, a, an expression that I've always loved is that if you love somebody, you set them free. Yes. You know, and that if anybody tries to keep me or make me do something or, or 
will smother me. It's the best way to turn me off them forever. You know, and my partner has the confidence to let me take the lead. You know, when we go to a restaurant, I do the ordering, I pick the table because he knows that things like he'll only end up moving anyway if he chose it. <laughs> you know, but he, he doesn't mind in a public situation going, no, she's the boss. She's the boss. You know, we work together as well. And um, he has got lots of strengths in in some areas and I have them in others because we complement each other so for him to publicly go no she's the one don't talk to me she's the one who makes the decisions about all of this she's the boss um is really sexy as well and really sexy and it means that I will be asserting you know my masculine energy as well in the bedroom you know I want somebody that I can push back down on the bed and tell them what I want and what I want to do to them or I want them to do to me equally Mm. you know so again it translates into all aspects of our life you know sexually and um on a relationship level absolutely like you say it's having that yin and yang and as long as there's that polarity of one of you being that passive and the other one being that uh, more dominant uh person whether it's uh, in your normal life or sexual life then you've got, you're still creating that polarity regardless of what gender you are aren't you and that's what yeah. creates the attraction and, and that's what creates the passion and the spark and the chemistry yeah definitely and it shifts the whole time you know and um you know I've, i'm very aware that i need to put some more sex into this podcast actually i've got to live up to the adult warning at the beginning of it <laughs> uh, <laughs> But, uh, you know, so obviously I, I have sex shops as well, Taboo and Last in Brighton. And so I, I've i got the real bird's eye view into everybody's, you know, real intimate lives and what's going on with them. And one of the things that I get the whole time is couples coming in and um, women wanting to buy a vibrator or bringing an adult toy into their sexual relationship and the guy feeling... Um, threatened by it you know what aren't I good enough I mean it's so cliche you'd think you'd be past it by now but you know what am I not good enough or oh I don't want it too big I'm getting her a present but I don't want it to be bigger than me you know otherwise I you know what use will I have and um, you know but it's it's like you say having that polarity the whole time you know just because you're bringing uh, sex toys and being adventurous and looking different bringing different experiences into your sex life and you know the idea of fantasy and play you know it is role play you know we can be the dominant one some of the time but equally we can be the submissive one some of the time we can have everything done to us and we can be the one doing it and you know we can dip our toe into it and try something that doesn't mean it's going to be like that the whole time um so I think it's also you know, it's also really important to remember that, that just, you know, just because you're trying one thing, and something I do have in my mind particularly is, for example, if somebody's experimenting with anal sex or if somebody's um, trying strap-on, couples trying strap-ons, you know, a lot of the time um, we get couples coming in who are really interested in experimenting with pegging, uh, which is using, where's the strap-on, on the guy, 
and you know there was usually some little conversation of you know you know I'm not I'm not gay you know uh, kind of thinking that by receiving pleasure from their partner this sometimes this in some way demasculates them or yeah. doesn't make them a hot-blooded heterosexual male <laughs> um, which is nonsense you know yeah I think it's a case of men feeling confident in their own sexuality that 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 um can sort of challenge that can't it you know um I think if a man is confident in their sexuality, it doesn't matter what 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 you, what you do in the the bedroom, you know, the, and they're willing to experiment. It's not going to make them think they've got any leanings in that direction if they know definitely they're not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. And and again, like we were talking at the beginning, and I think that filters through all aspects of life. You know, somebody is confident in themselves and their pleasure. They know who they are, what they are, and what they like and what they don't like. I mean, for a start, that's really, really sexy. Mm. Um, but it will filter through in other aspects of life. You know, if somebody walks into a room and that's the way they feel, everyone else will feel that certainty. What do you think, um, when it comes to what you've learned, you know, through having your sex shops business, I'm sure you've learned a hell of a lot that uh, you could share with us today. But um, it men find attractive and a big turn on that perhaps are a bit sh- frightened or scared to share with their partner? Oh, I think generally it's related actually to just sharing what turns them on, not anything in specific, but just voicing what they do and they don't like. And I think that applies to everybody as well. You know, we are um, traditionally, as far as I can see, terrible communicators. <laughs> Um, we just find it so hard to sit down with our partners and go hi so I'd really like to be spanked please (laughs) is that all right with you how do you feel about that (laughs) Uh, we're terrible about it you know having to I see so many people coming to the shop going yeah well I've, I've I'm 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 planning on coming here with my partner but I thought I'd come in and have a little scoot around and work out what I didn't, didn't want. So I can kind of, you know, gear them in the right direction, you know, manipulate them into a, you know, really natural conversation, which is really good. But it just highlights the fact that we just find it really difficult to be, you know, say what we want. Um, so, yeah, I think that's more of a stumbling block than somebody than a guy saying, oh, I really want this, but I don't know how to bring it up. Um, yeah I mean actually saying that I I feel one thing that people always struggle with saying is that they'd like to be more sexually adventurous maybe with other partners and their partner so maybe going to sexy parties or a little soft swinging or maybe trying a threesome or something like that they just don't know how to bring it up and that's not so much um fear or scared I think it's more they don't want to hurt their partner because they know it could be taken the wrong way mm. I certainly wouldn't be open to that myself but <laughs> you know each to their own <laughs> context context Lynn context. <laughs> uh, I think uh, I, I'm more than happy to create enough um, spontaneity and variety and um, adventurousness without involving a other third parties in my relationships, I have to say. Oh, well, oh, yeah. 
Yeah. I, well, I know in some parts of my relationship, because, you know, I think a relationship definitely goes through phases as well. Again, what I was saying, just because you like one thing one day doesn't like mean it'll work for you as a couple further down the line. Yeah. Um, but no, going to parties and sexy parties has definitely been an aspect of my relationship um, for a lot of the time. I mean, it, 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 yeah, you know, so more the merrier sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. I think you can fantasize, me, for me, I, I, you know, I can talk about that with my partner and fantasize about, you know, having multiple partners that, you know, as part of um, sex play between the two of us, but it's not something I'd want to put into actual reality in practice. <laughs> Yeah. And actually, you've really hit the nail on the head that with a lot of these encounters that we can go and seek with other people, it's the discussing and the fantasy around it that really brings you closer together. And I think that's an aspect of it that not many people realise. I mean, I was having a discussion uh, with another of my clients who had they'd both um, been seeing some kind of uh, relationship therapist which I'm not by the way um you know I, I coach and I coach people into managing their relationships on one side so not both people at the same time but they had worked out that they would like to do more playing when it came to uh came to their sex life and so they found a couple of apps and it this has all been during lockdown and they've got a small child so they're not able to go out and experience things in real life and really added an extra spark that they you know that was missing after the the their child was born so that works in a really counterintuitive way sometimes yeah most definitely i can uh, relate to that so what do you think um is a way you know if we are reluctant to to open the subject up or talk about what we would like um what, what do you think is an easy way that we can lead ourselves into that in terms of opening that dialogue and conversation? Is it is it to perhaps suggest going to a sex shop, having, to, <laughs> having probably previously researched, you know, um, the direction they want the partner to go in? Or, or, <laughs> or, Definitely. Or... <laughs> Definitely. Well, I see that it works day in, day out. You know, I see... I see women coming in, dragging their partners in. I see men coming in, dragging their par partners in of all genders. And I see it work all the time. I see them coming in. They give me a little wink on the way in. And they're like, oh, oh, look, what, look what's back here. And it's <laughs> sex toys. They know perfectly well back here. Oh, should we go and have a look? And then, you know, the, the main shop that I work in last is on several floors. So I'm like, oh, you know, we've got more clothing and other saucy stuff upstairs. And they're like, oh, should we go and have a look upstairs? Again, they've thoroughly researched the shop. They know exactly what's everywhere. They've been on the website, but they make it spontaneous. And also what's really important, they make it um, a journey that they're both discovering together. And I mm. think that's a really important part of it that um, for a lot of people knowing that um, they are doing something sexually that their partner's already done with somebody else can be a bit of a turn off. Yes. And that going on a journey together that actually they haven't done it before. And we are going into this hand in hand and going on this journey together makes it safer 
think, um, and less threatening and just less likely we're jumping into a bed that someone else has already slept in. I agree with that. You know, it can feel very, very sexy to to know that you're the first person you've done something with with your yeah. partner and in terms of something that you've um, just newly discovered that you want to share with them. I think that does bring you very much closer. Yeah. So we've got, um, but coming into a sex shop, I think is a great way of doing that because there are so many different things and it's, uh, you know, people this whole time will say, oh, what sex toy should I get? What's the best one? What's the best? Everybody is different. Our bodies, <clears throat> excuse me, our bodies are different shapes. Our bodies have got um, different nerve endings in different place from one person to another. And we all have a different brain housed inside that body and different thoughts and behaviors. So we're all completely different and there really is no one size fits all. And unless we've tried it, we don't know. So literally you can buy one vibrator one day and it won't work. And you can buy another one another day and it'll be great. So unless you've tried everything, there's no way of really knowing yourself. But coming into a sex shop means you can have that dialogue with your partner but also see yourself you know you can really hold a toy and work out whether that size is going to be right for you naturally you'll be more attracted to certain materials you know i have women coming in going oh no i don't like those hard you know bullet shaped plastic vibrators whereas another one will come in and go oh no i don't like the soft ones i don't like to be soft and squidgy i like the harder ones um some people like the more penis shaped vibrators and others, you know, couldn't think of anything worse. So it really is different. So it's not even a matter of trying to get your partner to go in a specific direction. It's also working things out for yourself and mm. telling your partner what you like. You know, it's a two-way street and it's a, a communication is that. It's a conversation. Absolutely. And it's crucial in intimate relationships. So when you've I was quite surprised, actually, you spoke about guys can probably sometimes feel intimidating when it comes to vibrators, because I've not had that experience with my with my um, partner. You know, he, he actually does find it very sexy, if, even if I, you know, masturbate. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and it's not intimidated at all. It actually turns him on. So what what um, what can you do if, if, you, if you're sensing that, um, you know, your man is is or maybe or is given off the indication that he's threatened by you using sex toys? Um, well, I think what I always suggest in those sorts of situations is using a clitoral toy. So just a small, tiny bullet, which is used externally. And, you know, there's also involving your partner in it. You know, like you say, with you, it's great. And your partner sounds like mine. You know, it would really turn him on watching me using a vibrator and pleasuring myself. But for somebody who's maybe feeling less confident, um, then involving them in it, giving the toy to them, telling them how to use it and making them feel like they, they're they really part of it. So maybe using it when they're having sex, using it on the clitoris when their partner's penetrating them either holding it themselves or, like I said, giving it to their partner to hold and directing them on how to use it better and giving them positive feedback. So that feels great. Oh, my God, yes, that's the spot. Oh, my God, it's perfect. Or even less 
you know, not really using words, just the right moan at the right time is a yeah. great way of signposting to your partner that you're enjoying it and you're enjoying them and you're enjoying the sexual moment and keep on going, you know. I like what you said about giving your partner feedback because they don't know if they're hitting the right spot or not. So if they do get the right spot, you know, giving them that positive affirmation that, yeah, just a bit soft, just a bit harder or, or don't stop, like you said, uh, yeah. to, to, to know that they're really doing it properly and, and getting it right is, is crucial. So, you know, don't be, uh, I would say, scared about verbalising you know, when it's good and what they need to do to, to make it better or, or to stay there. <laughs> yeah. And oh, my God, they need it. You know, they need it because, you know, why do they need it? Because they're not you. Yes. You know, and only knew you know your body. So unless you're telling them what feels good and what feel, doesn't feel as good, you know, they have got no idea. So the more direction that you give your partner, the better it's going to be for both of you. Um, you know, and, and we've all been there when our partner's just doing the wrong thing. <laughs> yeah. You're like, you're like, get off. I'll do it myself. You're getting it wrong. You know, and it's quite easy sometimes to be frustrated in that way. Um, but just taking a little bit more moment, taking their hand, guiding their hand to the place that you would like to be touched and caressed taking their hand in showing them how you'd like to be using it, the speed that they're using it with the pressure, the position, you know, again, not just taking it from them. Absolutely. And you know what men appreciate that. So don't think they don't, you know, men appreciate that guidance, that help, that support. If you're doing it in a, in a gentle, positive way, because they like to know that they're making you happy and that, you know, you, you're feeling good because it, it brings out the man in them again, doesn't it? You know, it makes them think, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm making a moan like that. It's me. <laughs> they have those thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. And it works both ways. You know, what is, what is better than having an orgasm yourself, giving your partner a, an orgasm, mm. you know, and, know it, and knowing that you can is, um, feels great. You know, I love, I love giving my partner an orgasm especially one with no return as well. That doesn't happen very often, I'm going to say. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But, you know, and that has taken, that's taken time, you know, and, uh, and to even say, you know, am I doing that right? Show me how it is, you know, taking their hand and putting it around yours. Show me, show me how to, to stroke you, you know, masturbation, um is something that we're all really good at on ourselves but not always so good at on our partners especially if it's somebody of the opposite sex because we're dealing with a whole set of organs that we don't have ourselves so you know being shown how to do it the right way and the way that your partner likes is really sexy absolutely so like you say i'm glad you reinforced you know the, the, you know asking him how it feels for him when we're giving him you know, a hand job or a blow job or whatever, how it, how it is for him and whether we can improve it and what we need to do different or, you know, uh, pressure or, or how they would do it to make it more pleasurable for them. Yeah. And the added thing, that obviously, if you are saying when you're having sex, does this feel good for you? Does this feel good? Put your hand, show me how to stroke your penis you know, then if if you started saying that, then he's more likely to say that to you. That's because a great thing. We are, 
you know, that's just the way that we are as humans. We like to mirror each other. So if you're saying that and he is on the receiving end and knows that that feels quite nice, he's more likely to then ask you. Um, yeah. But also, but also you said um, about different ways that we can spark that conversation if we are finding it hard to say what we want with, to our partners. So we've discussed going into a sex shop. But another thing might be ma magazines. Um, so even just bringing up a, oh, do you know what I read? I read about, da, 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 da. you know, I read about strap-ons. Is that something that you might be interested in? I kind of like the idea of trying it just once, you know, phrasing things like that, or even um, reading erotic fiction. You know, erotic fiction is normally very themed so if there's something that you want to experiment with so for example with spank spanking uh you can find a spanking erotic fiction and go oh you know what let's try something new can i read you a sexy story tonight you know and that kind of gets the hint across of maybe what you'd like i love that i love to read it read erotica that that i do find a, a turn on is to read because obviously then you can conjure up in your own head, <laughs> you know, the visuals yeah. for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so much. I really love erotic fishing. It really works for me. Yeah, me too. All right, so on that note, Calandra, we're coming up to the end of the uh, podcast time. So um, what is your best contact detail that you can share with our audience should they want to get in touch with you? Um, just search for me on social media, Calandra Balfour, um, my adult shops are lust.co.uk and taboo.co.uk. But yeah, find me and get in contact. Brilliant. Thank you so much. That's been a, a really another great, interesting podcast episode, which I um, can't wait for our audience to get their ears to, to listen to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure we'll be, we'll be having you on again. So thank you so much, Calandra, for, for sharing your insights and wisdom and, and being so open to talking about, you know, the more taboo subjects when it comes to um, love, dating and relationships. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Lynn. You're very welcome. So on that note, I'll just leave us with uh, True Love Starts with opening our hearts. And until next time, goodbye for now. Thanks for listening to the Hearts Entwined podcast. You can follow Lynn via the Facebook group Two Hearts Entwined or search Lynn Smith, inspirational speaker at LinkedIn or email lynn at hearts-entwined.com. That's L-Y-N at hearts dash entwined.com. Remember, true love starts with opening our hearts. <laughs>